This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Happy offseason, everyone. Welcome to the A-List Podcast. It doesn't have about offseason, boy. <laughs> no days I'm off. Standing. Okay. You You're right. It's still, well, it's offseason for the Celtics. Gary Washburn, HR Blady, they're still working very hard as we are on the A-List Podcast every week. Well, let's talk about, just quickly, right into it, very important, breaking news. At this point, you probably heard. Sam Cassell was hired, former Celtic, for to be a part of the Celtics coaching staff. He's a 15-year NBA vet, played for eight different teams. He assisted Doc Rivers on the Philly, Philly Sixers for the last three years. He was, I guess, trying to help them trust that process. But what do you do? I guess he was trying to help them. Kawhi is wrong. That process. Let's That's be honest. What I heard. The process. What? I guess he's trying to help them, like win, win a little basketball game no, or something. No, but clearly it didn't work. So that's why he's coming to Boston. Yes. Hopefully he'll be more successful. What's wrong with Kawhi? I have to throw some shade at Philly. It's always fun when I could do that. Come on. But what do you two make of that hire? It seemed like it was a long time coming. But what do you think? I, I think. Sam gives them a little bit of feistiness um, that they need. Uh, he comes with a championship pedigree. He's won three titles. He won, I mean, he came into the league and got two chips right off the bat in Houston, his first and second year. Then he got one with the Celtics in 08. Uh, it's a, I think it's a good hire, but if, if this is like the, the signature hire of the offseason, they, they fell in short. Because Sam, to me, if you're going to have as many openings as they have or are expected to have, Sam is probably your second, maybe third best hire. There should be someone that they're bringing in that's a little bit more established, a little bit more um, already or close to being ready to be a head coach than Sam. And and that's no shade at Sam because he's done a good job. (laughs) Shade at Sam. It's not. He's a good coach. I just think he's been an assistant for like 10 years. That is shade. Sherrod, when you say that's not shade, it's shade. Remember that. And Whenever also, it's shade to Missoula. No shade. When you say no shade, Sherrod, it's shade. So now, yes, so now, Gary, it's Nostradamus. He knows exactly what I'm going to do when I say what I'm thinking. Well, that's what you do all the time. No yeah, shade. Tell me what I'm thinking now. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They, need, they need a better assistant coach. That's what you're thinking. Yes. yes. And you agree with me, so stop hating Wait, but your shade was also directed to Missoula because he's technically the head coach. So you were saying someone that is qualified to be a head coach should be his well, assistant. Think, well, Connie, think about this, though. The names that they were looking at were Steven Silas, who's going to be the lead assistant 
in Detroit, and they were looking at Vogel, who is now he's yeah. got a much better gig than he would have in Boston. Yeah. Those are the caliber coaches that they were talking about, thinking about, and Silas specifically, because he was in Boston the day after he got fired, yeah. which was just mind-blowing to me. Um, so those are the kind of caliber coaches that at some point they had some level of interest in, and Sam isn't at that level. Uh, those guys are head coach. They've been head coaches. They've been on that seat that Joe is in. And I think that's what the Celtics are looking for, someone who can relate to what Joe is going through as a head coach and add some others to that. And Sam is part of that other group. Okay. No, now, no, no shade, though. No speak. shade. No shade, though. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Dr. Pepper? Yeah, what you drinking? You're definitely in a cell. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um, I think it's a good hire. I think he is going to instantly command the respect of the players. I think that was lacking on this year's staff. I still don't understand the Brad Stevens will. We tried to fill the role during the season and we couldn't. I still don't understand, quite honestly, why they didn't add an assistant coach during the season when it was desperately needed. And Sherrod, no shade against the staff, but they just weren't they were they weren't they weren't quite qualified. And I think that's probably that's no shade. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying I'm gonna pull Sherrod, no shade, but I'm gonna shade him. Shade on but, this podcast today. But I'm gonna I think it's a great hire. I think I think Sam is close to being a head coach. Now I don't know why he's not getting interviews. I don't know why some you know, there's some former NBA player like J.J. Reddick got an interview in Toronto. I don't know why Cassell's not getting – and maybe it's maybe he needs to get out of the shadow of Doc, and I think that's probably really important too for him um, to show that what, he can, what he can do on his own, his own team, being – you know, helping Joe Missoula. And obviously, if they start – if it works, then Cassell could be the reason – one of the reasons why it's working. I think it's a good move for him, and it's a next step for him. Um, I think it's a great, I said, three championships, been around, still very young at heart in terms of how he uh, relates to the players, so I think they'll respect him. So I think it was a great first step for the Celtics. They need some good news. You know, this is a, a franchise that's reeling right now in terms of just getting knocked out the playoffs, losing to the Heat, losing game seven at home by 19 points. You know, all of what the stuff that's gone wrong. So they need to make a good move quickly. Um, as I said, and um, I think that, you know, I wasn't really encouraged by the Brad Stevens press conference. I didn't think he made any, give anyone any peace of mind. But um, I do think this is a good first step to rebuilding the staff because four or five of them dudes is out. Like, even the dudes that, you know, the dude, the guy, uh, Garrett Jackson, the dude who, who could be like Jason Tatum's stunt double, he gone too. Like, like it, all them dudes, five or six guys are gone. And those guys behind the scenes that don't get the publicity are very, you know, impactful too. They get to know the guys, they work with them. Um, so the Celtics are going to have to rebuild their staff. This is a good start. I like Sam Cassell. No shit. Yeah. Gary, the point that you made about getting from underdog shadow, um, it's huge. That that is the problem. Uh years ago, Terry Stotts had the same problem when everywhere he went, he was under George Carl staff. 
And the minute he got away from that, went to Dallas and, and, and was in a completely different environment. Now, all of a sudden, he became somebody that people thought of as a head coach. Uh, and, and Sam, I, I think, is, is finally realizing he needs to get from underneath Doc Shaw. I think even if Philly would have gone deep into the playoffs and everything was, was cold-presented for them, I still think Sam Purcell would have been looking to leave uh, because he's been in the game long enough to know that he knows enough to warrant, at a minimum, getting an interview, and to me, to be candid, to be one of the top three candidates for a, a, co- a coaching job. He's won championships. He's been in the league forever as a player. He's got all – he checks a lot of boxes off. But for some reason, he hasn't really been able to get that that traction. And I think a lot of that is the fact that he's been pretty much his entire coaching career, you know, under one coach. Uh, and, you know, Doc, let's be real. Doc got that OA championship. He done. And he hasn't had a whole lot of success other he, than yes, that. he's done. Don't roll your eyes. I think he's done. No, so. no shade. All <laughs> shade. No, all of the shade. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> but I will say respectfully. Respectfully. Oh, That's stop it, Kwani. Respectfully shade. What are we doing on this podcast? What's going on today? Because y'all on vacation. I'm still here in Boston. Y'all so passive-aggressive. I can't with y'all. But Gary, it's not Don't that. Don't passive. Just say full shade. Just say full shade. Don't say no shade and don't say respectfully. Just keep, keep it real. And then, and then keep it, and then no y'all people say, yeah. keep it real. Hey, y'all hey, keep it real. I, relax. Relax. I, <laughs> relax. I do think that um, Cassell, and I just think, I also think maybe. You know, if things go haywire, maybe Cassell's the the guy who could could take over for Joe if something goes wrong. Really- oh wow! Look at you, Gary. I'm just saying, if that happens, I mean, you know, the fact is, is that I know they were interested in Steven Silas, but Steven Silas got a top assistant job that's more money. Yeah. So the fact that Silas didn't come to Boston. It likely means that Cassell's the number one assistant. I don't think Samuel Cassell is coming to Boston to be the number three guy. That's not happening. I don't think he could have been a number two guy in a lot of different staffs. I don't think he's coming to Boston to be like number two or number three. I think he's a number one guy. Now, you can add, which I think they should do, as you referred to, Sherrod, an older veteran ex-coach to be that number two guy, a guy who doesn't have to exert as much energy, could just kind of be more of an advisor, kind of a, a guy who doesn't want to be like, doesn't want to not say work as much, but doesn't want to be that energetic, but kind of just the, you know, voice of reason guy could put it on, uh, his, his arm on Joe hand on Joe's shoulder and say, Hey, this was probably need to do as opposed to doing the, like Sam is an active guy. He's going to be yelling at dudes, you know, get your ass in the pain. Like he's going to wait. He's going to be putting in his work. I think they need somebody Who's more of a step back? Okay, I've seen, I've been in this game thirty five years. I know what's going on here. A guy, you know, and, and there'll be there's guys out there like that um, who will definitely love to come to Boston. So I know they're far from finished, and they're I said they're going to have to fill out a full staff because unfortunately a lot of those guys are gone now. I don't know if Brad will try to keep some of those guys, bump up salary, give them promotions, but I know Ben Sullivan. Mike Moser, Aaron Miles, Garrett Jackson are all are all gone, um, and they're, most of them guys are headed to Houston. Yeah. So Brad's got a lot of work to do, and it can't be here's the one. It can't be Brad's buddies. It can't be Brad's like you know. Brad needs to 
open up his mind a little bit. Not the butler tree. I don't want to know. Like, like he needs to open up his mind, him and Joe, and maybe get some guys in there that they might not know as well, but that, that do good work. Let's talk about Charles Lee, but with Charles Lee, he's still up for the Toronto job. Okay, so he's not taking a sales assistant job when he has Chess Coast Raptors. So that's that's the only available job. So let's see what lays out. But they need to make moves. You know, summer league's starting in a month. The draft is coming up. They need to very much fill out this staff soon. Okay, we want to tell you a little bit about FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What do I like about FanDuel? Let me tell you. The app is incredible, super easy to use, very intuitive. It's safe, secure, and you get paid instantly when you win. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So go to fanduel.com slash Boston. Once again, visit fanduel.com slash Boston and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is fanduel.com slash Boston. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now you must be 21 or older and present in Massachusetts to participate. A $10 initial deposit is required. Your first online bet must be a real money wager. The bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets when you get a refund on your $1,000 no-sweat first bet. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And everyone around the league is filling out their staffs, not only at the top, but also trickling down. And, and you're looking at the Celtics and you're just like, okay, you got Sam, what's next? Because exactly. you need to you need to be active and aggressive. Because, I mean, and we'll talk a little bit more about just some other folks, but I mean, there's one guy that I was thinking of that literally went off the market about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of my favorite players. Former players. Who? Oh, you have a lot. Boy. He played with the Pistons. I know that. Yeah, he got to be a Piston. And he got a championship. <laughs> he the no, no, he played in Detroit. So <laughs> who's this mystery dude, Sherrod? Carlos Williamson. So where's he going? I believe he's going back to Sac. I think Sacramento hired him as an assistant. Oh, okay. Okay. And the thing about him, the, thing, the reason why I thought he would be a good fit is because the thing that Carlos did exceptionally well, no matter where he was at, was footwork. And when I think about Rob Williams, could you imagine if Rob Williams had better footwork and had a better touch around the basket? If you actually learn how to shoot without jumping and then you throw in the fact that he can jump out the gym, he could be a potential all-star. I thought Carlos would be a really good mentor to him, to teaching him how to use your footwork to get layups. Uh, when you when you because Rob can jump over it, them or anyone in the league, uh, he just doesn't seem coordinated around the rim enough to be that guy. He doesn't have enough post moves, and, and Carlos would have been a great guy to mentor him in that regard. So that was yeah, the one right. guy I was. Uh, that was my I mean, kind of you know, if I had one guy, I would want to add to the staff, and it would make sense. He was that guy. Wait, they, sure, they sure as hell need a big man coach. I mean, they just they got to have a big man coach. They one, yeah. they need another big man. Secondly, they need a big man coach to work with Rob. It's about time for Rob to take his game to another offensive game to another level. 
He's so limited offensively. And I think we've seen like guys like Adebayo and what a versatile big can bring to your art. I mean, if Brad has talked like, and we, we haven't met since the Brad press conference and we can talk about that. I just, I mean that, that like we're really close and we just need to get a little bit better and all. I mean, I just thought that was just so uninspiring. If you're a Celtic fan or you follow the team, I just thought like, no, you don't need, you need to get a lot better because what, you want, what, what did you want to hear from him, Gary? I wanted to hear some fire. I wanted to hear some kind of like anger and he, he was disappointed. I get it. He, well, we should be, you know, we would be hosting game one today. If like, but it's like, listen, y'all, y'all fell behind. Oh, three. Y'all gave up game three. This was not a hard fought series where y'all took turns at each other and lost in a close seven game series. Like I get that. Y'all lost because you guys just fell asleep at the wheel. And there's got to be more than we'll just need to get a little bit better. Like you, it, it's like you've made five Western conference, sorry, Eastern conference finals. You won one time. Like you're, this is the prime entering the primes of Jason and Jalen. Like you, you, you gotta say, listen, like, you know, you don't call guys out or, but you say, listen, I, I'm going to make sure that we take this next step because this is, we're not, we're tired of falling short. It's just a little bit of fire. A little right. bit of, you know, how, and then the whole, like, the 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 thing when it came to the, we didn't, uh, we tried to fill the coaching vacancy. We just, what do you, what do you mean you tried? Like, it was like, like, are we going back to Joe? I had, I had full intentions, Sherrod, of giving you that $200. I had full intentions. <laughs> full intentions. No, no. You're not going to do it. Intentions? I'm really gonna do it. I had my Venmo ready. It just didn't happen. I, just, I, I forgot to hit the I button. forgot your name. And I didn't want to send it to the wrong account. So I didn't Is do that it. one E or two E. Yeah, yeah. Is it Anthony or A or whatever or Sherrod or you know? I mean, I didn't want to send it to the wrong A Sherrod Blakely, because there's a lot of those guys walking around. So I had every intention. So the the I just wasn't inspired at all in terms of just like, what are you going to do to get the team better? You'll run it back. Okay. You brought Joe back, which I'm thinking, okay, you, you, you give Joe a break. Okay. He's going to improve. He's a good, good young coach. He made a lot of mistakes. Um, he got out coached in the playoffs. And then I think looking at the finals with Mike Malone, jumps his team for not playing with enough effort in the finals. Like that sounds like the Celtics. So it's not the only the Celtics, but. But he acknowledged it. But see, that's the, that's the difference though. It seems that with Joe, a lot of his acknowledgement and ownership of stuff is like delayed. It's like, it's, it's like it's, it's on, you know, on live replay. Whereas Malone <laughs> didn't waste no time. No. The game was over. He was just like, they, we didn't play with effort. Mm-hmm. Joe usually wears a game or two and be like, yeah, you know, we got to play with more effort. We're thinking, like, you know, that was like two games ago, right, Coach? No, I agree. So I, I just think I was not – I don't know what you guys give me your opinion, but I just felt like it was a bunch of just like, wah, 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 like, you know, I'm, you know, we should be in the final. Like, like Brad, how – You've got to be a little more – the season ended, everybody – there's not one person who thought this season was a success. There's not one person walking away that thought that's pretty good. Eastern Conference Finals game seven. Like, 
No, you lost to an AC. And I know Miami's better than the AC. They're showing in the finals. They're a good ball club. But you lost the first two games at home. You went five and six in the playoffs at home. You gave you gave up in game three. Like you gave them the series. Yeah. Like you they they allowed a 46 point first, third quarter in game one, wasted game two, and everybody blamed Grant Williams, and it wasn't his fault. Forgiving Jimmy's face. Oh, you just you poked the bear. And you're like, no, he showed some fire. Because the rest of the dudes didn't show no fire. They didn't show much fire after the season ended. They did, they were disappointed. Like, you know, they should be embarrassed. And, and Brad should be mad. This is your team, Brad. All of your moves. Yeah. And so to yeah. me, I need to see a little bit more. And I'm not saying it's not that he's going to be a that means he's on a bad offseason, but and I don't expect him, you know, Brad's a very reserved person. Don't tell me all your moves. Don't promise, oh, well, we're going to sign a center. No, 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 don't do that. But just be reassuring that you're going to improve this roster. It's not a little bit a little bit better. You know what I mean? Teams are saying that. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Memphis, uh, 20 teams out there saying they need to be a little bit better. Like, you need to get to the next step. And that's the hardest step. I get it. But, you know, because now, and I know you, the regular season doesn't even matter with this team. Mm-hmm. No one's going to care if they win 60-something games. What are you going to do to the playoffs? Yeah. It's Jenna Jackson, Kwani, before you're coming. What have you done for me lately? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you never heard of that. I know you never heard of the Control album. But, no, that's witchy. I know I, that. I know. I know for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We... Started to get into this conversation, but let's go in a little more depth. You two mentioned that this first move with Cassell is a good one, but there's obviously a lot more to be done in the offseason. Gary, you expressed your disappointment with Brad Stevens. So what wah, is, wah, wah, was what Gary said. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to see in this offseason? What kind of moves are you looking for specifically the coaching staff? And you did mention a, a, a big move. I thought you were going to go, Bob. Okay. I mean, I mentioned earlier that Carlos Williamson was someone that I, I would have liked to have seen uh, here. Uh, beyond that, I mean, um, you know, the, the lead guy in Milwaukee, but in order to get him, you got to make him your lead assist. Uh, but I, I think that his situation is very similar to the one I, I, I laid out for you earlier with Terry Stotts, and that is he's been in a certain uh, kind of grouping of coaches uh, and he needs to expand his network, so to speak, in order to be seen, I think, as a more viable uh, co- head coaching candidate. Uh, and, and so that's, you know, that's one of those things where, again, Boston may be an opportunity for him to do just that. Uh, but they, they need to have someone who's going to make an impact. And, and you know, even if someone who has a certain credibility, the minute they walk into the room as a good coach, not necessarily a good head coach, or good assistant coach, just someone who's a good coach that your players are going to respect from the jump. They're getting that with San Francisco, but you want to keep that that momentum going. And to me, it's not so much the name as more about the style 
that their their newest or whoever they bring in as assistant, they need guys who are about kicking some ass. They need guys who are going to bring the heat that are going to make these guys feel uncomfortable about being comfortable. Because uh, I think this team, they're so talented, more time, more nights than not, their talent alone is going to win them games. And they know this. Uh, and, and that's a problem. Uh, because at some point, you, when you get to the playoffs, it ain't about talent. It's about toughness. And Miami has shown it. Denver has shown it. That's why Boston is watching those two teams play, and they're not playing. So having someone on that staff who can kind of bring that out, because one of Gary's favorite coaches, Mike Woodson, um, <laughs> that's kind of how Woody was when he was in Detroit. Uh, you had a lot of real nice, even-killed guys, and Woody was not afraid to get in their face and say, you are not getting it done today. And they would have a little bit of a contentious backfire, back and forth. But the end result was that player played with more passion. They played with more focus. They had a little bit more edge. And next thing you know, 2004 rolling around, and they're holding up a championship. They need coaches who understand the need to maybe push those buttons a little bit and get guys to, to play with a little bit more fire, to be more play with an edge. I love listening to Gabe Vincent of the Miami Heat talk about his team and his, and his play. They, he's, he has been very consistent saying, we don't give a damn what anyone says. We just trying to get wins. We don't care how we do it. We don't care who cares about us. We care about each other, and that's all that matters. And we're going to play hard, and we're going to fight you to the bitter end, period, regardless of who's out there. And that's, and that's the edge that if you're really talented and you're serious about winning a championship, you're going to find that edge. And I think the stuff is they need to have coaches who can cultivate that. Because I think, I think all of these guys have a certain amount of dog in them that we just haven't seen yet. And Marcus Smart, he's the one consistent that has that edge. But I think those others do too. They need a coaching staff that can bring that out of them. And, and that to me, that's when, as a coach, that's when you earn your damn money, when you develop dogs. That's how you do it. Gary's favorite coach, Mike Woodson, that's how he did it. <laughs> um, I totally agree with Sherrod in terms of like what? getting. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. No shame, respectfully. Um, <laughs> I, I totally agree with Sherrod in terms of just finding someone who, you know, a group of coaches. And, you know, let's not – they could also pluck a coach from another staff. Um, obviously, it's a promotion. Um, you know, do you bring in another ex-player? Do you bring in a veteran head coach like Sam Mitchell or somebody? I think there, there are plenty of guys – who are looking for an opportunity to coach, who don't want to take Joe's job, who just want to be part of a staff and be back in the league. And I think you have to look at that. And I and I do agree with Sherrod also in terms of just like, you got to show some fire here. Like, you got to be about each other. Like, the Celtics have the most talent. They just don't have the most togetherness. Like, the Heat is just a team. And Mutu, like, the Heat all have roles. And the one thing I've noticed watching them for two weeks, three weeks now um, in the finals and the Celtics series, like they all have roles. And nobody come up shots, complain about playing time. It's like they all have a role. They're not, you know, like, like, you know, guys are not trying to do too much. Max is trying to shoot threes. Like, like, like Bam out of is not trying to take three. Like they just, the Celtics, everybody's trying to be a star sometimes. And that's not a bad thing, but you just need to have guys who know their role, know what they're going to do. And is that that's partly coaching. That is coaching one-on-one. 
hey, man, don't go in the game and try to do too much. And I think that there needs to be some more discipline in the locker room. Like, Marcus, we don't need you taking 10 threes in a game. We just don't. That's not a conducive number for us. You know, um, there's got to be more ball movement, more player movement, and there's got to be just, it's just got to be an all-around culture change. Because I just don't think when you're not the hardest playing team every night, that's an indictment of, on the coach and on the players. But why why are the Celtics not the hardest playing team every night? And it's been like that for years. So it's not only Missoula. I'm not putting it all on Joe. Like you need coaches in there that are going to air dudes out and like play harder. Y'all got to play harder. You know, I know it's a back-to-back in Cleveland. We was in Minnesota. I get all that, but you got to play hard. And the one thing you never doubt about the Miami Heat is them playing hard. Now, they might play bad. They weren't great in the Celtics series. They lost three straight games or whatever. They weren't. I'm not talking about a flawless team, but they beat the Celtics. They played harder than him more, more times than not. And if, if I'm the Celtics, that's embarrassing. You got outplayed and out, out hustled, out toughed. When is this going to be a tough team? When are they going to get in somebody's face every now and then? And when Grant did it, didn't nobody have his back? That says a lot. That was a problem. That was, that when that was a big problem. Jimmy Butler's face. And I know, I don't expect Jason. Jason, you know, like, I, you know, Jason's a great player, great kid. Like, you make too many, you get, got too many damn friends in the league. Got too many damn friends in the league. You went to Draymond's wedding. Okay, great. You know what Draymond's doing now? Ripping the Celtics on his podcast. That's your boy, though. That's your boy. That's your boy. Like, you can't be everybody's homeboy. I know you play AAU, him and Adebayo play. Like, I get it. I'm not, and I'm not saying don't be friends off the floor, but you got to get, like, on the floor, you got to get in some faces sometimes. Jalen, get in somebody's face. Now, he got into a little scrape with, with James Harden, but, like, I don't, they need – they just – they got to get tougher. They got to get tougher. And that's coaching staff, too. You got to get some – that's the one thing Cassell do. Cassell tough. Cassell, Cassell tough. And they need to get – adopt that kind of toughness, that resiliency, because it's not talent. We all know it. It's not talent. Could they do they need more talent? Yes. Do they need a more productive big man? Yes. Do they need to stop relying so much on the three-point shot? Yes. Do Jason and Jalen need to be better? Yes. But man, it is toughness. They're not soft. I'm not, I'm not saying they're soft, but they gotta get tougher. Miami was a tougher team during that series. You know, the Celtics were frazzled, dudes didn't know their roles, you know, dudes, everybody's trying to be a hero, lifesaver instead of just doing their role. So to me, a coaching staff has got to reflect that toughness. Mm. It was like, and if Brad's got to get a guy that he previously didn't like as a player, you got to go get Kenyon Martin, or you got to go get Ben Wallace, or, you know, (laughs) I mean, uh, I'm I'm speaking Sherrod's language right now. Yeah, don't bring in Ben. Sherrod will be... Sherrod want to throw that dude a parade when he gets to Boston, but... I will pick him at the airport. If you need him, pick him up at the airport. For the first two nights. But if you got to go outside your box and get bring someone in that not everybody loves, then that's what you got to do. 
There's too many nice guys around this organization. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Like there ain't no MFs, and you need not on the roster. Like some dudes, that, you know, Jimmy Butler's MF man, Gabe Vincent. That's a tough dude. And maybe it's because they came from nothing and they were undrafted and Jimmy's a late first round. I get all that. And somebody's got, but you got to be tougher and you need a coaching staff that demands more, demands more out of hard practices, off season workouts, all the above. Jalen should not be having a problem with his handle. Robert should not, if not taken, it's taken Robert five years in the league. No, not, not a hint of a post game. Why? What's wrong? It's and it's on the players too. It's up on on the players. I always say, people, what's the difference between college and the NBA? The NBA, the college, Coach K, Jim Beheim, they you know they'll get their staff will work with you throughout the year to get you better. The NBA gives you all the amenities. You want the coach? He'll be there whenever you want him to. You want a gym? Here are the keys. Here's here's the key card to the gym but it's on you to improve. Joe Mazzula might call, how y'all doing? He is not going to spend a month with you to help you work on your game. That is on the players. So that's on Robert Williams. It's on Jalen. It's on guys who need to st- take a step forward. So it's a, it's a culture change. I'm not talking about their culture is trash. Don't get me wrong. It's a good culture. It's a lot of no great, shade. got great people in no the Celtic leagues. No shade. No shade on the culture. Respectfully, there's a lot of good people in the organization, but the players need to get tougher and they need to add some dudes. And I just think it's important. Brad has to add guys outside of his box, not the Butler tree, not a bunch of nice guys, guys who are like, he might not, he either doesn't know or might not have liked as a player who can bring that toughness and that resiliency to that organization to where they can gut out wins like that. You look at, I said, you look at the Heat, the Nuggets are even a team. Now, you know, they're not the greatest team, but they got toughness, right? And they and they all have roles. And the same thing, that's the notice thing I noticed between the Nuggets and the Heat and the Celtics. Not, not too many dudes in this series trying to do too much. There's not many guys straying outside. There's not many guys, no, no, I got this. Like, you know, and the Celtics need a change like that. So if it's, I said, I just think, and I'm not going to name a bunch of them, but I think it's a, if it's got to be people that Brad might not know. And I think he's open to that. I don't think he's closed-minded, but it's got to, it can't be a bunch of nice guys. It's like, it's like, I think Steven Silas is a nice guy. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but I think they ran over him some in Houston. Like they need to get a dude who's like, oh, no, no, no. This is no. You need to be here. Mm. And what'd you do? Well, I was I was in the league for twelve years. That's what Sam was going to bring, you know. Like so, to me, it's it's a it's it's not only a coaching change; it's a culture adjustment because yeah. you are losing these games. They lost. I was there in a the bubble. They lost to the Heat because the Heat were the tougher team downstream. It was that's what it was. This was a more talented team in that that year. Miami was a fifth seed that year. They snatched their lunch because they were tougher down the stretch. They were more resilient. They knew they could break the Celtics. The same thing happened in this series. It's a little bit more painful because you had game seven at home and all that, but that's what the Celtics have to get over. It's also psychological, not just on the floor. 
It is a mentality that they have got to get tougher. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know you know what? When you, when you start talking about toughness, uh, the one thing that I'll say about it is, is toughness has a way of, of trumping talent. When, it, when, it's a, when you're talent deficient, your toughness can compensate for that. And I think the Miami Heat are a great example of that. Toughness has a way of trumping lack of talent, which the Miami Heat have done a good job with. I think the Celtics, when they start looking at pieces to add to that coaching staff, toughness has to be the one common thread that binds most, if not all, their coaches. Uh, I look at a guy, and, and frankly, if, if you're trying to figure out how to be tougher, one place you should look at are teams that are established, tough-minded groups like the Miami Heat. Why wouldn't you make a run at a Karan Butler who played at UConn and had a great NBA career and brings a legitimate toughness to the to that bench? Why wouldn't you make a run at a Jamie Young, who's a former Celtics assistant, who I can't recall any other assistant I've been around, who picked up technicals in summer league? He's that he, he has that kind of intensity. So to me, those are the types of coaches that as you're trying to read configure and recalibrate your culture, you need to inject those type of coaches into the mix. And I think the Celtics are going to have opportunities to do that, but they need to act fast because coaches are flying off the shelf ASAP. Uh, let me see if you agree with me here, Sharad. Oh, <laughs> Every great team has a sister coach that you don't want to step to. So, like Karan Butler, Darvin Ham. Yes. Darvin. <laughs> you don't want to see that dude in the dark oh, alley. So the Celtics need to bring on a coach who scares people. No, uh, but I do think again. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Shrod. Uh, no shade. Respectfully, uh, respectfully, respectfully, no shade. Um, that they the, the, the toughest things got to go, got to be increased. And, and as I said before, and I can't repeat this anymore. Brad has to go outside the, the, his circle and his box, and I think he'll he I think he's open to it. I think the Sam Cassell move was open. I'm, I'm sure he talked. He's good with Doc. I'm sure he talked to Doc, and Doc gave him rave reviews and whatever because he wants to see good things for Sam. I think Sam is is obviously a, a fan favorite still in Boston. Any 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 member of that 08 team is 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 revered in Boston, and I think people know that that dude is like a good communicator, a good coach, and still has a youthfulness that he can get with and, and 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 hang out in terms of like getting to know off the floor Jason and Jalen and Marcus and those other guys and be good with them and be a, a, a unk to them or a big brother or, or whether maybe even a father figure, whoever, who knows. But I do think that they need a culture adjustment. And I think that's the most important thing here is, you know, if you're going to run it, if you're going to run it back, okay. And who knows if they will. We'll see. Like, Danilo Gennari has a player option. We'll see if he exercises it and comes back um, or becomes a free agent. You know, we'll see how that goes. I would, I think he'll pick it up and exercise the option. Maybe his obligation to the Celtics, knowing, he, you know, his best chance to win a title. He wants to win a championship. That's going to help. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Grant. 
and then Peyton Pritchard. But and then, you know, I do think they need a more productive big man in there because I think Al is showing showing signs of age and you might want to decrease his role some. And I don't know if you can increase Robert's role because of his injury history. But I also think you got to you got to increase the toughness. And that might add to the roster, too. As we've all said, as that prophet Doc Rivers said, your t- every every great team has a crazy guy on it, and I don't know the such as crazy guy. Like you got to have a dude that ain't quite right. Like who's gonna who's gonna be your enforcer, and and be that guy that you know. And I just think that this. So I think the changes are are numerous, and they're subtle in in theory because they are a good club. You don't need, oh, they need to sign two free agents, major free agents. No, we're not Charlotte. They're not Charlotte here. You know, I'm talking about this Minnesota and, and uh, some of these teams that, that need, you know, Portland. You, but you do need a lot of adjustments. And it starts with the coaching staff and it starts with Brad stepping up, going outside of his box and making some positive moves. All right. So the Celtics, they got kicked out of the big dance, but. It still goes on, the Heat and the Nuggets. They tied up the series. I still think Nuggets and five, but we'll see. Who do you two think is in control of this series? And do the first two games change your outlook on what we could have done? Um, I think Denver, just like the Celtics, I think Denver's the better team, but they got to be more consistent. And if you look at both of the games, they've been smacked around the fourth quarter. Now, they were able to hang on in game one. They had built enough lead. I think they were up at my 18, 19 points. No, it was more than that. Um, and they slowed down the fourth quarter, but they ended up hanging on and making some plays on the stretch. Game two was a little different. They're up eight entering the fourth quarter, and the Miami went on a 15 to two run. And suddenly Denver was in trouble. So the Celtics, sorry, so the Nuggets have to close out games. They got to be better in the fourth quarter. We'll see the atmosphere. First NBA Finals games in Miami since 2014. So the crowd will be hype. It's an 8.30 start. So the late arriving crowd will have plenty of time to get there on time. Early in Miami. (laughs) Yeah, it's not an early game. So I think we're going to see what the Nuggets are made of in game three because if they lose game three, then all the pressure is on them for doing game four. You don't want to fall behind 3-1, just ask the Celtics. So um, I think it's kind of even at this point. Like, I don't think... Denver's in control. I think they're the better team, but they got a they got some things to, to to work out in terms of Michael Porter Jr. has been uh, you know a no show. He's he, he's been a, a total witness protection program in this series so far. Um, and Jamal Murray was shut down by Jimmy Butler in Game Two. Jokic went for forty one, but nobody else had more than eighteen. So they got and then you know. Contavious Caldwell Pope has a real silly fouls in the stretch. He was doing a little too much on the floor. He's kind of his sometimes his Marcus Smart impression. So I think Denver should win, but Miami's got all the momentum. I'm sure they're going to make more adjustments. So I think it's an even series. I'm going. To, I would say it would be an even series, but I think Denver's going to win Game Three. And 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 I, the factor that's going to come into play. Uh, in a bad way for Miami, in my opinion, it's Tyler Hero. They right now have a very good rhythm with Caleb Martin, Max Strews, Gabe Vincent. And when you inject Tyler Hero into that, that means each of those guys is probably going to get a little less run. And Tyler is going to be working his way back into playing 
shape. And yes, he's a rich, he's a really good store scorer, but he has not been a very good playoff scorer. He's he's averaged twenty plus points in the last two seasons, but he's never averaged more than a dozen points in the playoffs. And he his efficiency has never been exactly you know amazingly awesome. And he's actually been worse in terms of efficiency the last couple of trips he's been to the playoffs. So injecting a guy who, statistically speaking, if you go by the numbers, isn't necessarily going to give you that stimulus boost that you're looking for. Couple that with Denver being, I think, on a much higher alert as far as getting others involved besides Jokic. Uh, I think Denver's going to win game game three handily. And it's going to force, I think, Spolster to continue to adjust on the fly. Figuring out how do you bring Tyler Hill back into the flow of things without being a detriment to the great rhythm that his other wings are in now. Because the idea that he's going to be getting like 25, 30 minutes and Caleb Martin might be down to 20 and Gabe Vincent might be down to 25. I'm not crazy about that because the thing that I like about those guys is they're giving you business at both ends of the floor. Caleb Martin is not a defensive liability the way Tyler Hill is. Gabe Vincent, even when he's guarding guys bigger than him, is still a better defender than Tyler Hero. And if they're giving you buckets and they're playing better defense, what exactly are you getting of value from Tyler Hero? So that I think that that's going to be one of the – and listen, if Miami goes down, let's say they lose in five like Ronnie believes, and they lose these next three games, and Tyler Hero plays in all three of those games, and they lose, you better believe there's going to be calls out there for like, y'all need to move. Because mm-hmm. you got guys who are giving you the, the offensive punch that you, that you get from him, and they're playing better defense. So that's that's an issue that Spo I think is gonna they're gonna in Miami they're gonna have to address at some point in the offseason. But uh, again, I, I still think Denver's gonna win. I think it'll be six though, Quinny. I think Miami is a little too tough to go down in, in, in five. Uh but you know, I still think Denver's gonna at the end of the day, Denver's gonna be the, get their first chip. All right. Well, you've heard it here. Games three and four will be in Miami. The next one is on Wednesday, and then one after that will be Friday night. I think you all have heard enough from us for this week. Hopefully you got your chores done. Maybe you were listening while you're doing the dishes or whatever. But chores. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Adult chores. That's what yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> we thank you all for listening to another week of the A-List podcast as Gary rolled his eyes for Gary Washington. Our viewers got dirty houses. Yeah, no shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> I Hopefully y'all got some chores done. Hopefully y'all clean y'all out. Maybe you were taking a break from your job. Get back to work. Get those. Get that. No shade. No shade. No No shade. Y'all. Good night, LA. I'm kidding. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. (laughs) 